Austin's Big Four Podcast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes. All right, we're back. Another episode of Austin's Big Podcast. We got JR Specs with us. Main zone. Yes, sir. Main zone and residing in New York now, but uh, a product of Maine, just outside of Bangor. And you've been uh, you've been dropping some great music lately. We just talked about the Whale Machine album you just put out. Been dropping singles like crazy. I just discovered you with the Red Solo Funk single a few months ago in the video. Um, Owen's been getting into your stuff lately, so we're definitely happy to have you. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I really, I really appreciate um, you guys. Are some of the you guys are part of the uh, the few that have like come out of the woodwork to support Whale Machine that wasn't in our like personal circles up there in Maine. So I really appreciate it. I love that. I forget how I found you exactly, but it had to have been through another main artist. I feel like the main artists stick together. You know, they're always Jack promoting each other. Sleuth. Jack finds the people. I don't know. I don't know where <laughs> yeah, I do. always finds people. You gotta have you know. that, bro. You, you gotta have yeah. your only that does the digging for sure. You're like a bloodhound for talent, I guess is the best way to say it. I try to be. That's dope. I like that. But yeah, a lot of talent up in Maine. Um, and you definitely your name has been coming to the forefront lately. I've been seeing you know, you have a song with uh, with Spose, like I just said, with Be All. Um, you you probably know Matt Giard, a.k.a. Yeah, Shanghai. We've, we've worked on some stuff. Yeah, yeah. We so. haven't put anything out yet, but we worked on some stuff. I got only nice. Ben's Been Dead that's coming soon. I love Ben's Been Dead. He's yeah. one of my favorite artists right dude, now. We, dude, I'm, I don't, I try not to, like, be too, I don't know, conceited, talking about my own music, but yeah. the song that Ben and I have is legit, legit. Like, I can't even imagine what you guys would come up with because dude. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for that. So uh, I was mentioning earlier that I, I went back and looked at some of your old stuff on SoundCloud, and I went back to like 2016, the first thing that I could find, and it was fire. I mean, it was it was raw hip hop. The bars were there, the flow was there, but it seems like the last few years you've been really working on your singing voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about that, kind of finding yourself finding your singing voice and, and the melodies and, and that so first i gotta throw a footnote on there like i've been releasing music since i was uh the first tape i put out was my 15th birthday okay recording 2014 because i think i saw something that came out in 2014 i meant to oh owen we, we don't need to dive into it. that too much because it should it oh, should okay. not where did you find this where did you yeah. find this well i'm a YouTube oh, music boy so people okay. always i'm not a spotify guy I'm, yeah. I'm a YouTube music baby. So it, what I'm looking at is the OK Saga. Yeah. Dude, you got the Blue Yeti. Uh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's, like wow. exact, that's what Jack's got right there. I actually yep. have an un, unopened Blue Yeti right here. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're just like, I don't know. They're the staple. Yeah, um, no, it's definitely MPK, a good setup. I have one of those too right behind me. That's yeah, that weird. is the setup when you start, <laughs> for sure. Um, I love it. That record was just like I was 14 and I had been working on music and put a tape together. I definitely, um, I had taken it off like the major services. I'll probably go back and wipe it from the rest of places soon, just because like it's not, is there, not like, really anything... something I'm proud of, you know. Oh, is it the content, or do you just like? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, bro. I was, I sound like I'm 14 because I was 14. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? It's, it's a necessary step. But, like, yeah, yeah, no. Someday. We'll make like a platinum uh, edition version, and yeah, no. But so the joint that you was it called? Trust me. Uh, the joint that you found on SoundCloud? Uh, God, I forget. it was an EP, like three songs, I think. 
Yeah, so it was probably so I had a record late work that I put out in 2016 that I made most of it when I was 16. Um and that one is also like wiped, but I left a few songs up that I felt like held water. So that was probably what you found was like the highlights from the old tape. Um Okay. And then since then it's just been like, you know, get a little better every year. You know, I'm like, I'm kind of glad that I was dropping when I was like an early teenager because it wasn't good. So yeah. but we had it out of the way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the next time. Exactly. And I've been doing that for, I don't know, damn near 10 years now. Um, so the last few years have definitely been focused on like coming up with catchy stuff, like figuring out how my voice works in terms of singing and not just spitting. Cause I've had like the rap thing down for, uh, just my rapping voice down, I feel like, for a few years, but I'm still figuring out how to sing. And now I finally have, like, harmonies in my in my bag a little bit that I can make these stacks and stuff. So it's it's going to be really exciting, the next, like, full record I put out, I think. Yeah, no, it's definitely – you're definitely honing it in. And, I mean, I, I hate to do this, like, but there were a couple comparisons I was hearing in your voice. Like, um, mm-hmm. just – these are complimentary, but I always feel like when you draw the comparisons, it's like – I don't, I don't get mad, bro. It's natural to do that. You so know? the first thing, uh, rapping voice, I was getting like Big Mac Miller vibes. Yeah, um, I get that a lot. Definitely. And, and I was de- vibing it, obviously. But, you know, and then um, uh, so singing voice, I was getting like almost like Justin Timberlake. I felt like you were. Wow, that's a new one. That's crazy. I like that. Though. <laughs> yeah, there was. I, what am I going like, to be mad? You know, like. No, you definitely had some uh, some power and, and everything. So I wanted to just like mention that and i always disclaim this whenever i say because i've told other people that other guests who i think they sound like before and i'm always i always cringe as i'm doing it because i know some people don't like to hear that they don't want to hear who they Uh, sound like you know you know Uh, but i i just think it's like um every artist strives to sound like nobody or they strive to sound like a little bit of this and a little bit of that Mm. you know so i think um but why, the reason it doesn't bother me is because I don't get the same answers every time. Like Mac Miller is by far the most popular one just because I feel like I am, you know, a white kid who has a decent amount of soul to his voice. So it's a natural comparison. And I am actually influenced by him. But I've also heard, you know, Anderson Pock, Logic. Now I've heard mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake. Like that's tight. You know, I you can get, hear those too now that you mentioned them. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So okay. it's nice to get a range so you know you're not copying someone. yeah exactly and we've also said kind of like the whole thing is um it's it's hard to say something's like entirely original because we're sort of like a combination we're all influenced experiences yeah somebody or something you've heard you're like oh that's what a good voice sounds like so in some way you're subconsciously emulating the good voice you've heard before and then yeah it becomes yours too as you like you said you've put in these reps now since you were young and like so many of us probably just get discouraged from music like jack and i have recorded things before and you listen back and it's like oh boy like i'm not a musician you know and then um but if we did it like every day you know we'd probably change but it's just it's interesting to to get at that um at a younger age we actually we also talked to gis who mentioned uh his career has been he never got like the cosign he's um like he's older now and he said like he's had um never got like that cosign that blew him up but he took the steps so he's at this stage now where like he's comfortable with his career and every he's achieved xyz um but he took the steps there so whenever he was ready to release that album he did it and he had like the experience under his belt um 
so yeah, just to reiterate, it's, it's good that even you're, you're acknowledging, like you started this in your young teens and you've mm-hmm. honed that craft. You've done all the things that you're like, I don't, I don't even want that out there anymore. Like in that now yeah. it's the, the real craft, like that's coming out and it's t- refined, I guess is the best way to put it in short. Yeah, definitely. It, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's a lot of cats that are so worried about their first thing being good that their first thing comes way too late. So oh, yeah. I'm glad my first thing was early, and because it was early, it, I don't like it now. But that's fine. Yeah. Because it was like you know you were just getting your reps in. Yeah, right. There was nothing to be embarrassed about. By it's the like time LeBron James didn't start playing basketball when he was 28, and all of a sudden was the best player in the world. Like, like it's just, what if I go out there and miss? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's uh yeah no you got it down. So what age did you decide you wanted to be a musician, or that that was something you wanted to pursue? Uh, I, well. If you can imagine, I mean, I was spending my free time just recording song, like writing and recording songs on like an iPad when yeah. I was twelve. So 12. it was always something that I was like, "This is just fun." You know? Yeah. I mean, the first, very first time I did it, it was for attention. I'm not even gonna hold you. Like I, it very that's much. That's probably the first. That's probably the reason everyone does it for the first time. Right. Because I'm like, well, I just feel like I, I was like, man, I got, I got to do something cool. I yeah. like these girls got to notice me somehow. It was, it was <laughs> yeah, something yeah. stupid like that. You know, I was in middle yeah. school. So, but then once I did it, I was like, oh, nah, this feels different. Like, this is yeah. different. So, you know, um, just did that and and just never stopped because it was so much fun, you know, and, and make, especially like I've always told people at heart, I think I'm an album artist. I've mm-hmm. taken a break from that with what I'm doing this year to just like really like pump iron, so to speak, and just do songs and yeah. make sure the craft is there for next time I really focus in on a record. But, I have so much fun, man, trying to create like libraries of songs that actually like the moving pieces fit together and are a greater sum of. I love that. The parts are, you know, that's. I definitely got that from the Whale Machine album. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, I try to do that with every record to an extent. Yeah. So the, the next one should be back to that, you know. Yeah. So Red Solo Funk. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of good artists around New England, like like a lot of good songs coming out. But then once in a while, there's a song that you hear and you're just like, oh, this this is the one. Like, this is a hit. That's what I felt when I heard that song. Did you have that same feeling when you were making it? That's dope. Uh, when I was making it, you know what's funny about that song, too? The only reason I made that was because my homie Jacob Perogue, shout out to him, was kind of like covering me for uh, a school project, like a video project. Yeah. And so he came over to like shoot pictures, shoot an interview. And he was like, oh, I want to get some pictures of you recording. And I was like, all right, well... It, I was making a lot of music at the time. I was not, you know, shy about just hopping into the process. So I was like, it would just be easier for me to actually make something than than do, I don't know, some BS and have you just snap while I'm doing it. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to just start making a song. You can just hang around. So I pulled up. I was like, I want to do this quick while the kid's here. Don't want to be like making the beat for an hour. So I opened up a folder of beats that my homie DG Zip, the producer that I met through a mutual friend in, uh, he, he lives in Long Island, I believe. Um, I had a pack of beats from him. I just pulled one up. I was like, this one's cool. I'll just try it. Even if the song's not good, he'll have the pictures. And I just came up with that hook like really fast and just laid it down. And sometimes that's how it happens. Like if you're, I, I really think I'm somebody that uh, to an extent thrives under pressure. Like yeah. not, not pressure, like you got to do it now and it better be good. But just like yeah. having, having a little bit of a, a, a trigger there, like, oh, this dude's here to watch me record. Right. Like, I got to come up with something. And usually if you just do it, like, it'll be cool, you know? I, right. I and if you know something. someone's watching you, maybe that, like, pushes you a little more, too. Right. And it might push you away from some things, too. 
But for yeah. a song like that, where it's kind of just a fun, it's vibe, just a fun vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, it the hook is just incredibly catchy. Like that's that's what caught my attention. I was just like, not everyone can make a hook that that's that infectious. Like, yeah, you know, it, it really catches you. That was. Um, really, I felt uh, the same way hearing uh, "Larping" on the uh, Whale Machine album. Yeah. That hook is incredible. That was probably a similar process in the studio, other than, you know, Whale Machine was always just uh, me and Jimmy just cooped up in the studio, just making whatever. And there were a lot of nights we got frustrated and didn't make anything, but there were some nights like do together the LARPing beat and I just wrote something really quick. And and uh, what was cool about Whale Machine is I feel like with JR Specs, like I'm trying to, since JR Specs is like not really a character, like it's, it is kind of me. Yeah. Uh, I try to like represent my like person accurately, if that makes sense. But with Whale Machine, I felt like if I said whatever, as long as it sounded good, it was cool. So there okay. were times I would say things that maybe don't like illustrate my character exactly right, but they just sounded good, you know? And it was really yeah. freeing to do something like that. That's good to be able to do both. Like you have some records where you're sticking to step outside yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. It's good to, and also like, I don't want to get into it too much because I don't want to give away some of my like evil mad scientist ideas for later. But um, I got some alter egos as well that I kind of love use that outlets for one. Love of that JR specs. Yeah. yeah, stay tuned. The best like having characters to put your things through because even you can. Oh, I got several. Those... What? I got several of them. Yeah, and the music it's, exists. It's not like something that I'm gonna do later. You know what I'm saying? Like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, do the characters come from songs that you're like, "This can't be me. This has to be so and so." Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And those be grew into multiple songs. All right. Are yeah. we getting like albums with characters? That's the, the fun features? part, bro. I don't know. I could do whatever I want because it's like I have a folder of Blink 182 like pop punk ripoffs. And I have a folder so of like little Uzi Vert stuff. Yeah, I make all of it. And is your background in music like before? Did you learn instruments growing up? The only instrument I ever played was the trombone. So I use loops for the punk ones. Like I kind of combine drum loops and guitar loops and arrange it in a way that the song works. And then I just do all my vocals over the top. Oh, okay. So, I mean, were you doing that from the beginning or did you just get into that like as Splice kind of like came around or? Splice yeah, Splice was definitely integral to that, yeah. like, thing. Because, uh, I mean, DG Zip did one of the tracks that I'm I'm referencing with the, the punk thing that I have saved, but a lot of the other stuff was just, like, loop compilations, and Splice definitely facilitated that. So that was something, like, 2020, when I had nothing to do but record. It was mm. probably, like, you know, I'm really tired of, like, rapping, rapping. I'll just, I'll make this. This will be fun, you know? Okay, that's cool. Are you FL Studio guy? I'm a Logic Pro guy. Oh, Logic Pro. MacBook okay. boy, yeah. And the thing is, I've been, I kind of want to switch over to Ableton eventually, but I'm just too, like, I'm too stuck in my ways. I know all the, the tricks to do what I want to do in Logic now, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like just learning your own language. I've, I've been told pretty much, like, all DAWs do the same thing. I think some of the cheaper yeah. ones have, like, worse engines when it comes to, like, exporting your, your final product. But it pretty much... They're, like you're gonna get the same sounds out of everything at the end of the day if you know what you're doing so mm -hmm. that's like if you're comfortable with logic it seems like that's a thing to stick with because i always see like the um i don't know my instagram always gets flooded with like fl studio versus ableton people mm -hmm. just like arguing about it and or like jokingly arguing about it like which one's actually better 
but mm-hmm. uh, you know they are what they are and, and i actually there's think about logic all the time these days there's definitely differences in terms of like the interface and workflow that i i understand why mm. people would argue that it's not the exact same experience um I think FL Studio having like that step sequencer and everything really does lend itself to to beginners learning how to make beats really well. Mm. Um, but it's like you're saying, I mean, the only reason I really wanted to switch is because some of my favorite producers that I've worked with use Ableton. So to be able to maybe just uh, like DG Zip, for him to send me a session of a beat that he's working on and I can take the guitar out here and then make a bridge that wasn't there before and just part the Red Sea and put a whole section there, like... To be able to do that without having to just work with his two-track MP3 would be really nice. And this other dude, Zabi33, that I worked with recently is a disgusting producer. You guys will hear something from me and him maybe in like a week. We're kind of calling an audible right now. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's and I, you know, just these, some of these Ableton cats are just ridiculous. So it'd be nice to be able to open the session up and work on it, you know? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And my first thought actually is like you could probably always just like export the stems and send them over. But if yes. they had any like plug-in chains on it, then you'd have to redo those on your side. So right now I'm right. thinking about it. We're just getting technical here. I- I'm thinking I don't. I'm like yeah. new. I'm yeah, hands dirty. Yeah. Full disclosure, I'm like <laughs> taking a mixing and mastering class right now, so that's it's like all fresh on my mind. So I'm just thinking about these things. No, you're right but, though. I mean, it's it's more of like uh, I'm big on like. I know I won't do something a lot if I don't make it easy for myself. So I, I, you know, in the terms of collaborating with other people, I'd like to make it easy for myself. So like Jimmy and I both use logic. We got our sessions synced on Dropbox. So when I update something, it just goes to his computer. So uh, some easy. of the stuff on whale machine, we did do remotely. Okay. Did, does so it, it would be nice to be able to do that. Write each other. Like if you both had the program uh, open at the same time or does it not like, I can't like, talk about that, bro. It happened like once or twice and it was, oh. like, it was nightmare fuel, bro. We, <laughs> we lost, we lost my verse on something for Jimmy's album, like four times. Oh no. It was, uh, yeah, court, it was an absolute yeah. tornado moment. dude. It was bad. There must be some setting on that. Yeah. But that's, you know, off. We'll talk about that off call. Yeah. That's painful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you went to uh, you went to UConn, right? Yeah, I just finished up this past spring. Oh, okay. So what was it like uh, being at school and working on music? Did you have like a setup in your dorm? Like, how how did that work? I had um, a similar setup to what I have right here. I mean, if you see, I have like a little like uh, booth set up right here. But um, I had just a mic set up in the room. The acoustics were all right down there, and it was just a, kind of a laptop little interface mic stand and a, a Rode NC1. I've moved up to a different mic that's a little better now, but um, working on music in college is tight because I mean, music's become such a common hobby that there's like cats everywhere you can work with. Um, and I met plenty of dope right. people uh, through college and my buddy Trey Breezy that I did Red Solo Funk with I met at school. Um, oh, okay, cool. He's still there. Actually, he's finishing up his, his senior year right now. I just went there to do a music video with him for the, his song, The Motion, that I'm on last week. Um, of course. The college is tight, man. I mean, it just fosters an inherent, like, communal thing. You know, like, we had the student record label UEG. That was really fun to be a part of for, like, three years there. Word. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Working on music was tight. And also, like, the pandemic happened and we had online class. So, I was recording an ungodly amount. when I was, Yeah, you had all the time in the world. Yeah, what else was I doing? You know? Right. So what was that uh, that video that you did? It looked like kind of like a Tiny Desk concert. Where was that done? Mm, um, you, were, you were performing. There was like a bunch of records on the shelf behind you. 
Oh, okay. So I've done I've done a few things like that. So I just needed you to specify. That one was uh, the Wuss Radio, which is the Yukon campus radio station. There was their live sessions. So it was like um, we played live on FM radio. It was it was like uh, oh, that's sick. Myself and uh, a childhood friend that goes to the University of Hartford. His name's Max, and like some of his buddies from the jazz program. We kind of like threw a band together, did like live versions of some of my songs. Nice. Um, so do you work like with bands ever? Uh, like you do you have a band, like have you performed with a band ever? Oh, definitely. I could like, obviously I did that live session, but we had some crazy times. In, I, mean, I mean, in college I performed more with a band than I did solo. Um, just because I think people like we, I don't even remember how it started. It was like the first show I ever did in college was something that UEG, the, the record label, put together ourselves. So it had to be something kind of small. So we had this thing called UEG Office Hours, where we basically did a tiny desk, but in a lecture hall. So for that, like kind of the whole point was for it to be acoustic. So I, I put together a band for that. And then we were like, man, this, this shit was kind of easy and it came out really good. So the next performance, we ended up doing that. And then, you know, by junior year, we, we were... Uh, we opened for phony people at one of the the radio shows. Oh, that's school, sick! Which was dope. I found out about them. Yeah. One of our friends uh, who has come on the podcast before opened for them like a couple of years ago, and that's how I found out about them. They're fire, dude. They were cool as hell too. I wasn't paying attention because I was focused on performing, but somebody said they came out and they were vibing during our set, so that was really dope. Oh, that's awesome! We got to meet them afterwards. Love so. to see that. Yeah, it was or, dope. Do you prefer performing with a band or uh, just with a with a track? Um, experience wise, why well, it depends what songs I'm playing and what room I'm in. Because it if it's like a basement show, and I'm trying to like turn people up, and I'm doing some of my harder like more, I don't want to say electronic, but like sequence drums type stuff. I don't really want to put that into a live. Uh, context all the time you know hmm. but for songs that already sound half like they were done live like it's so sick to be able to like imp- like there were shows too where we'd like improvise a song from scratch you know like they would put something together and i just do a shitty freestyle over it but it was fun you know like yeah and it was no, probably fun for the audience cool. like with the guitar loops and and whatnot yeah. you can like throw a beat together with the right musicians you could throw a beat together yeah in like five minutes these dudes are filthy man i mean that was the coolest part is my buddy max was at such a good jazz school over in hartford like the cats he would bring out to like just do us a favor by like learning my songs and, and playing for the day were like hmm. you would not believe i mean they just sounded so good so i was blessed to have that yeah no i i've said it so many times on this podcast like true session musicians and it sounds like these people were like the people who just like the language of music makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. That is the most interesting thing to me to have somebody just kind of be like, they'll hear a few bars of your song and they're like, got it. I know what, how this song right. goes. And you're like, what? And they'll just pick up whatever instrument and play it. And you're like, how are you like this? Yeah. But you know, that's, that's the coolest thing ever. These and, guys were you know, like, we only have to rehearse for like an hour. It'd be like a show that I really needed to go well. And I'd be like, all right, let's just link up for an hour and make sure you guys got this. You know, I think there might have been a show where we never rehearsed and we just ran through it right before. Yeah, no, I I believe it. Yeah. One of my buddies went to Berkeley and that's exactly like he doesn't 
if he's playing one of those shows where it's like mostly covers too, like especially mainstream songs, he's like, it's all the same patterns, which actually leads me to my next question. It looks like uh, Jack might be on a quick internet intermission, but we'll have him back <laughs> in a few. It's always um, fun. If, if he takes too long, we'll do a pause, but um, oh, I'm seeing I'm back. activity. Cool. There he is. Yeah, yeah. I had I to relocate. To say, we'll, we'll pause, pause. If you uh, I had to relocate having signal issues. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad good. you're back. Um, I was so listening, I was, though. I didn't miss anything. Perfect. You heard me talking ish. Yep, I did. Uh, <laughs> I'll speak to you after. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did want to ask, like, in your time now working with those people, and I know I was asking about, like, you making the beats, um, because I feel like it's kind of rare. Not rare. I, everyone definitely tries their hand at it, but to have like the artist also be working on the production side of things, like and being comprehensive in it. Have you learned like anything about like the the patterns of music, like through exposure to those guys? And I know you said there wasn't like oh, yeah. training. Mm-hmm. Does, um, so I imagine like you're making more informed decisions now, like putting together different uh, like some of those loops, like probably. I don't know exactly how to explain it, but like they just fit better with other ones. Like I'm sure you're just like I was saying, a more informed decision, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely. Um, what's good about it is like I have just enough music theory knowledge through my experience playing jazz in high school to be able to speak like baby talk levels of music theory to the jazz musicians that I've played with. Being like, hey, like, I don't think this chord is right. It might need to be, you know, like a different voicing or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have enough terms I can throw around that I can get my point across or at least gesture at it. Jack's back. I'm back. I'm back for good this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I'm thankful for the experiences I have with live music, and I definitely want to do that again soon. But my buddy who kind of helped me put those bands together is moving to Orlando. So, there's going to be a little bit of a reshuffle the next oh, time. That's a good excuse to go play in Orlando, though. Hey, I got to text him and let him know, because I really will. Um, I'm trying to have more touring experiences now that I'm out of school, you know, and going yeah, absolutely. shows. So, Did you do a lot of shows in Maine when you were there, when you were living there? Um, Not really. I'm trying to, I guess I only really did one, like, legit show in maine but it was live like that shit, it was crazy it was, it was this joint uh the bangor arts exchange and i really like they put me um th- like i was not an artist that had any re- experience like headlining shows so they put me in their smaller room with like a 50 person cat at first and i was like 50 person cat and they were like yeah just if you sell it out we'll move you up to the bigger room and i was like oh bet so i said i moved like as many tickets as possible and we moved like 120 tickets for pre-sale uh-huh. uh for my, my first show in my hometown, basically. And it That's was awesome. so, like a lot of cats popped out uh, from like high school and like nearby colleges. And I had like my parents were in the crowd, like some of their friends are in the crowd. Oh, it, was, it was a super dope, just like event. I don't know. It was, and it was so you got like a pretty good, you were able to build a pretty good following locally, it seems like within your yeah. immediate community. I, I would say it's like um, I'm very well supported by people that have at least a little bit of a connection to me personally yeah Um, and it's now that's important though that's where it starts yeah yeah because if they don't believe in you then who will but right uh, i think the last two or three years it started to seep more into like 
discoverable territory where yeah. we'll have friends of friends and sometimes friends of friends of friends that become like devoted fans, you know, and that's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I don't even remember where I found you, but mm-hmm. if you came across my radar, that means you're in the scene somewhere, you know, it, it means right. your, your name's out there. People are talking about you. Right. That gate keeps the scene. it's too early there's no gatekeeping here everybody's welcome (laughs) yeah oh man so Uh, you've been dropping a lot of singles oh sorry i was gonna ask where your favorite oh yeah yeah yeah. go ahead favorite performance performance favorite performance is like oh it's between that in bangor and the time i opened for phony people because the time i opened for phony people was just like in like i don't know those are the two times that my set has gone like flawlessly like did not make any mistakes crowd reaction was crazy i i think i'm gonna go with the phony people one just because that that was so dope that it went well enough that the headliner was like and came out for a minute and like enjoyed the set like genuinely you know I yeah that's it, incredible definitely nice so what are the plans for uh you said you you're really an album-based artist but you've been dropping a lot of singles lately mm-hmm. kind of just experimenting with your sound trying to develop your sound mm-hmm. um what do you have any plans for an album in the near future so i won't call them plans but there's like definitely kind of ideas bouncing around you know noggin um it, yeah. the, thing, the thing right now is like like you were saying i'm doing a lot of singles because I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the structured schedule but I'm doing this promotional thing essentially called JR Specs Payday, where on the 1st and 15th, when you would maybe get a direct deposit is when my songs drop. So I, I'm dropping okay. two songs every month for the entire year. So to me, that's like... For the whole year. Yeah, so that's 24 singles. So that yeah. kind of is a, a living, breathing project in and of itself. So I am devoting most of my time to that. Uh, in the back of my mind, like it, the ideal scenario for me is to really like stay on it and have a lot of songs ready and maybe like all the songs are in the books well before the end of the year so I can get a good start on an album because I do have ideas that are kind of, um, you know, like seeds of ideas, but I need one to like really be a tree to do a record, you know? Yeah. Your writing so. process must be really fast, right? Like how do you, are you kind of just like popping ideas out, like punching, punching them in as you record or do you really take the time to write out or do you just have... I love talking about this. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a mixture, right? Because number one, I, the thing you're saying about punching ideas in as I think of them and not, and not writing anything down, I do do that, but that's a new thing that I started doing like five months ago. And as soon as I tried it, I'd only done it for like fun, like trap, like Uzi auto-tune songs because I know that's how they record them anyway. And when I started doing it for like JR Spec stuff, I was like, whoa, like it, it, you just get completely different ideas. Like you can't words you can't overcomplicate anything because you'll forget the line right thanks so the word economy has to be right and you have to say you can't have too many syllables in there right you have to say something intriguing that you can like encapsulate in one bar that's easy to remember so right it, it really like um spurred me to like write things that i was excited about in terms of like being compact and like putting a lot of uh a lot of idea into not a lot of sound if that makes sense yeah, no, that, that like you were saying, the the word economy is huge, and like um, picking the right time to use syllables, like syllable accentuation, like it's 
all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I feel like in the moment you get it the best, like yes. when people hit that flow state, like I, I believe flow state is a thing. Like when you're, fo- you're awake and you're focused, but you're also in a trance, but you're on point with the thing you're on. There's like no disputing. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, no like people do it with video games. It's singing, rapping, like, and I think freestyling in particular is you're controlling your voice in a certain way, but also the thoughts and like articulating ideas. And sometimes some of the things I've heard people freestyle that I know were really freestyled. It's like, wow, you know, it just came out so perfectly. You couldn't have written that uh, without it taking you hours, you know, like redoing it, doing it again, finding Mm -hmm. out like that's the one, you know, when it just happens in that flow state, it's so perfect. So yeah. And it's good. I feel like, you said you had so much time during the pandemic to like get those reps in, get there. Oh, well, this was the past five months, right? So you haven't been punching in. You weren't punching in mid pandemic, were you? No. So what, what spurred me to do this payday promotion with the, with the first and 15th drops mm-hmm. is that I just had a backlog of, of a shit ton of music. And it's like, do I, would I come up with something, you know, while I'm driving the car sometimes? Yeah. But I never really would stand at the mic and just punch record write punch record and write write i mean just come up with something um until recently before that it was like um maybe i'd come up with a verse while i'm driving the car and then write it down to use later but it's different mm-hmm. because like that joint I, w- I was doing with ben's been dead there was no physical writing involved in that song so like there's times like maybe i don't say words like maybe it's just a sound you know maybe i just yeah. make a, a noise and you won't write in spaces to not have words when you're writing the verse in your phone, you know? Like, why would you? It just seems illogical. Right, you know? yeah. So it's like, eliminate that wall and just be music because, and don't make it like, it's become English first and then a song, you know? Exactly, yeah. No, that's, it's funny. Some, some uh, songs turn into essays and they really yes, just have, And it like, feels like so negative. written, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you I, can I have tell. my own things. I have my own things that I'm like, I'm listening to it and I'm like, well, this isn't bad. Like dope internal rhymes, like the flow, the voice is good, but it's just like an intangible thing. Sometimes it just feels like a, you know, it just feels Feels forced. It feels, it doesn't feel like something that you could hear on, uh, you know, in a backyard or on a street corner or, you know, on stage, it doesn't feel like that. And that's like what music, I don't want to say should be because music can be anything, but that's, it's dope when it comes to you like that, you know? Yeah. And I guess like the, to piggyback off what you were saying is like music, I think is the closest thing we have to like magic, like the feelings that people can get from it. And like the way you can sort of like control crowds, like when, like you can get a whole crowd doing the same thing. Like if you play a song a certain way Mm -hmm. Um, and if it's robotic and not structured, like, I don't know. There's just like, when you think about like, could I play this out at a party and have people not be like, what is this, you know? Cause like, or, or just like, wow, that's a lot of words, you know, something like that. Yeah. It's if funny. Just vibing and thinking about it. And they're like, Oh, that was a cool line. You know, it's like all that's like the magic, you know, and it's hard mm-hmm. to find that. I think when, when you're just trying to write words. So it's kind of like, right. like I was describing your music that way to someone earlier. When uh, I was talking about your music, I was just like, it's something you could throw on at like a backyard barbecue and nobody would, Nobody would be alarmed. Everyone would just be like, wow, this is really good music. Yeah. You know, people, it would just get the people going. Nobody would be like, what is this? Like, what, what, well, people would ask what it is, but they would, 
in a good way. You know what I mean? It's something that you can right. put on. It, it can be background music or you can listen to it. You know, the lyrics obviously have depth to them. That is, that is what I've always shot for is to, yeah. to create something um, that is not, to create something that's not overly challenging to the right. ear. But right. when that's you what focus I mean. on it, you're like, oh, but there's there's definitely like something in here, you know? Absolutely. And, and recently I have tried to, to like, like you're saying, there's the backyard barbecue music, but you know, like, um, there's also things that are a little challenging, but then when you've heard it twice, it makes sense. Like yep. Jesus, for example, there's parts on Jesus where I'm Jesus, like, absolutely, oh, this is yeah, outside the box, but like, not anymore. We all, yeah. The first so, time we all listened to Jesus, we were like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, I was a little confused. <laughs> we we were all a little confused, but then there's some of those I tracks that you Jesus keep going to back to. The other day, and yeah, it was. Yeah, there's said like surprisingly, I didn't think the first time I heard it that it would have as much replay value as it does, but I go back to some of those songs still. Right. So. Yeah. I listened to that whole record front to back on the treadmill the other day. And it's just like so one of the things I want to do too is like um at the very least, like I want songs that I drop now to have five percent of just like that, what's that? Like it doesn't ruin the song, but like what you know what i'm right. saying like cherry tree one of those you gotta throw them off a little bit right the the last one i put out um i felt it was like kind of on the normal side so i just kind of restructured it so the beginning was a little weird like i took okay. my vocals i did and i put them at the beginning without the beat and it kind of just sounds like an owl hooting it's like this yeah. like vocal that begins the song and it's kind of just like what the hell is that but then when the beat comes in you're like oh and then the same vocal plays again later with the beat under and it doesn't sound weird at all so it's it's just imbuing it with like a little bit of something that gets the gears turning before you give them like something easy, you know? Right. Yeah. That's what I'm striving to do more now. Yeah, like teasing it out a little bit. That's yes. interesting. And the juxtaposition of like mm. interesting and easy on the ears, you know? Yeah. No, I get that. You don't want to be too easy on the ears, but you don't want it to be like like I said, you want it to be able to to have the ability to be background music, like if that's what you right, want. Right, right. Like I'll probably never be uh, like a JPEG mafia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes like consciously very challenging. Weird stuff. Just, just like sound. stuff that's going to make people be like, what the fuck? No, I know. I know it's good music, but it's uh, there's a time and place for that. I feel like your your music has more of a mass appeal. Right, and it's uh, – I would never – you know, like stuff like that, like JPEG Mafia's uh, All My Heroes Are Cornballs album. Like, I, I'm not a huge, huge fan of his, but I like a lot of the songs that he's put out recently. Um, but there's, it's not background music, you know? It's right. like, it's almost like some art house shit where like, I go to a museum to like, stare at a painting. You know what yes. I'm saying? And I'm like, sound-wise, like staring at the song. And I'm like, ugh, you know, but in a dope way, you know? You're not really, yeah, you're, you're kind of dissecting it when you're listening to it. You're <laughs> like, wow, this is this is different. For sure. So, um, speaking of song meanings, I did want to ask you this on record. Uh, I think we we'd sort of gotten into it a little bit before, but there's a couple references on your latest album about John Deere. So, like, what's the story with this? Yeah. So, um, I I believe there's two, and I can speak to both of them. One's crazier than the other. So, okay. the first one is there's obviously a song. I think it's track four called John Deere, and uh, it's like a tribute to the, it's a tribute to being like 18 and about to be done with high school. 
basically. Because the song is like, I, I wrote it when I was 21, the the whole album. And it's like a tribute to, oh, I'm about to graduate college. Like my childhood's like really done. Um, so the song John Deere is about this story where I had this homie who lived, and he's still my boy, who lives next door to my parents at home. His family does. And I was like super tight with their family. I'd always go over there. Like I, it was the type of thing where uh, his mom told me to just stop knocking. Like I could just walk into the house if I wanted to. So I spent a lot of time down there. And when I was about to leave for college, like the day I was going to leave for college, my dad was like, all right, pack your stuff. And then he was like, oh man, I let Tim borrow the lawnmower. Can you go down to Sam's house, my friend, and get the, the, the lawnmower from them? And I was like, yeah. And he was in the driveway and I was like, yo, like I'm leaving in like 20, 30 minutes. So like, I'll see you when I see you. And he was like, where, bro? And I like gave him a hug, whatever. And then got on the lawnmower and started driving home. And I started crying my eyes out on the lawnmower, like Damn. in the road. And I was like, I really hope nobody's seeing me right now. So that's why the lyric is, uh, uh, I can't lie. I shed a tear on a John Deere that my neighbors borrowed from my pops. That's real. The cops, or at least we pretend to, like, and then it goes into a whole portrait of like childhood. Damn, I love that. that I'm about to shed a tear right now. That's yeah, a strong. I love feeling. that. You're, you're going off to school, and you're like, you know, this is the last time you'll see your friend because you. Yeah, that's friend. real. We we've been there. I mean, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It was wild. And then, um, to speak to the other reference of John Deere, it's like a reference to the song because. In track 10, which is The Edge slash Uncle Al, the first half, The Edge, is um, it's about kind of being a freshman and not being outside of your comfort zone yet. Like you're kind mm -hmm. of cooped up in your dorm, maybe a little depressed. Yep. And this is the craziest thing. Like I've talked about this a couple times, but I'm not like a big artist. So like things don't catch fire. So I, I'm happy to explain it again. But it's crazy because the song, The Edge, like goes through the narrative of the album and connects all the dots manually but like really subtly so it starts with um the intro and then there's there's a bar it's like uh they played my music before the game on the turf with my crush in the bleachers pre-game they put my song on the speakers i was feeling like a giant and it's like the lyrics if you actually read them they like list every song like the turf track two yeah the girl in the bleachers baby knock me down track three and then i that's say sick. something about the john deere that's track four and then that's i talk sick. about i love that but it's not explicitly like stated so it like catches you up to the present and then um that song then in the middle when it goes from the first to second half of the song there's a sound of like a plane flying over and it pans from left to right and it's like we're finally caught up to the present like let's stop living in the past and that's the end of the the last two tracks of the album are like let's be here and now damn I feel like yeah. there's so much depth to your like and so much thought goes into your art. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that you started so young. You know what I mean? Like because you were you you're past the point of becoming a good musician. Like you're already that. Now you're now you're putting more thought into it and you're you're trying to see like how deep you can go with it and how creative you can get with it. And it's like yeah. people who are just starting out musically, like at age, you know at age 20, 21, just deciding to get in the booth. I feel like they don't have those skills yet to well, really yeah, make, make that sort of a project. When you just record it and it sounds good and you go, Ooh. right. 
Right. That's, that's like not, the beginning step. But you 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 did that when you were 12. So you're way beyond yeah, that now. Maybe to myself. I don't know if everybody else <laughs> like, but uh no, nah, it's tight. And I think what's even crazier about it is like, do I think those songs from two years ago hold up? Yeah. But recently, like the last few weeks, I'm just like, oh, I don't know, like this thing I made is all right, but I'm not that excited about it. This thing's all right. But you stop and you listen to the thing from two years ago that you're maybe in the back of your mind comparing the new thing against. And you're like, oh, man, I can do better than this. Because yeah. I like that 99 Daydream record. Like, it's a dope record, in my opinion. I listened to it yesterday. I'm playing. But if I did it today, I would have done a lot of things differently. And I know I can sing better than that now. Yeah. And, you know, I know I've picked up new writing techniques. And I'm just, I'm very sure that the next record I put out is going to be once again, like you have to step away a little bit and be head and shoulders above the last thing to come back and do the next one. Absolutely. I really think I'm almost there. And when I do it, like I, I think it's going to be a world beater. You know what I'm saying? I love that. And I believe you when you say that, because you, you've reached that point, like in your artistry where like, you, you know, you're good. Like we, we've had artists on before. Like they're like, my next, the next thing I drop is going to like change my life. And they, and they know that because they've reached that point where like, they're so confident in their art and you know, you're, you've, you've kind of, you're past the point of figuring things out. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I, I'm I mean, I, some things, it, but not how to write a song. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll always exactly. get better, but I can make one now, you know? Right. Exactly. So you're, you're in your bag right now, as they say. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I'd like to think so for sure. Yeah. It honestly sounds like you're super productive. Like not only is it the, quality of music that you're putting out but the quantity it sounds like you really can put that together in a pretty quick time frame which is i think like mm -hmm. the biggest thing because you're going to stay relevant by doing that you're doing two songs a month people are going to you're going to stay in people's ears um they're going to be great songs so they'll they will have replayability and like you said this whole year is going to be a project in and of itself so this will probably get bundled up in some folder at some point like, considering like, it, yeah, definitely. yeah so i feel Playlist like that'll be for sure. Yeah, well, I'm sure someone even will just put them in a playlist themselves just to mm -hmm. to keep that that one year of songs like uh, coherent. Mm -hmm. uh, but I I think you're you're killing it in that way of of marketing quality and quantity. It's just like all working out, and I think that's the uh, the recipe because like we've seen that happen that work with Russ. I feel like that's worked with Migos. Definitely, definitely, Russ started to inspire some of this payday thing because he did a song every week. And I yep. mean, that was SoundCloud, so it was a little different, but, and I am seeing, you know, some of these songs aren't doing as well as I might've hoped because I am oversaturating, but what am I going to do? Stop, you know? No, I'm just, yeah. no, you can't. Now, now it's the whole it, thing. They can be listened to at any time. So yes, what's exactly. going to happen is you're going to keep putting them out and people will keep seeing it. What happens to me and like, I'm, I'm definitely guilty because Jack gets me hip to a lot of the local people um that i didn't know about before and like i used to think like i knew a lot of people and then like i'd learn about this next batch or this next group or whoever else so um it's there's always somebody but what happens too is like i'll get these like ads my way like and i'll see people and i'm like oh that guy's from this town or that town and but then i'll see it a few times and i'm like who mm -hmm. is this and then i click on it and then i right. listen to their stuff and it like usually takes a few times. So even those first two that I skipped and they might've been paying for the ad or like their yeah. song was promoted by somebody or shared by somebody. Um, it usually takes a few times to hammer it into me. And I'm sure yeah. there's people who are even more stubborn than I. So like, and all it takes is that one song that like 
really hits home with someone and then they go back and look at your whole catalog and get exactly. caught up on everything. Yeah. So we hope for, for sure. And and the other thing that I've been telling myself is like, maybe every song I do all year gets 200 plays. 200 plays is a lot more than zero. And then maybe next year. And some... if you're putting out two a week, that's 400 a week. You know, it's not terrible. Right. <laughs> it's like, like, I'd like them all to do, you know, a few thousand. Ideally. Right, of course, of course. Like do, but um, well, I, I also have been telling myself, like, they could still get placed in a video game in two years. Or a TikTok video. In five years, you know what I'm saying? So sync placements are are huge. I mean, there's even like with the like you were saying, Jack, TikTok is the like people uh songs that like haven't been famous for years are now like I could see I could see red solo funk blowing up on TikTok, honestly, or like something like that. We thought that single was gonna do something on TikTok. It never did, but you never know, you know. Right. And all all you need for a song to blow up on TikTok is like a catchy five seconds. It's, it's not like they're long videos. And I'll never make something on purpose for TikTok. I don't right, think. right. But um, it has. I, I was touching on earlier that whole thing about how I did like the the weird vocals for the beginning of the song. TikTok has definitely made me think about like how to not compromise on the art, but just maybe give a moment that does grab attention because yeah. that is the science of like not hit making but the science of making something that that is attention grabbing is mm-hmm. fun to me so it's not really a compromise to try and work that in um right lately i've just been like trying to you know have a beginning to the song that's not just the piano without the drums you know like try to just something that's like whoa like this is a cool um just open you know yeah and that lends itself to TikTok because, like, if it's really an attention grab, like, maybe that helps it get uh, become a, a popular audio as well. Yeah. And I do want to say TikTok is an interesting, uh, which reminds me of a TikTok or an audio that I had heard um, of you were talking about, like, how 200, 200 plays or 200 views isn't mm-hmm. isn't where you'd like to be. But just a perspective thing is if 200 people were in a room watching you do what you were doing. Like, yes. That's, yeah, it's that's a lot of people. Overwhelming, yeah. So, of course, you want the thousands, um, and you want as many as you can get, like millions if you can. And then, uh, but just to consider, two hundred people clicked on it. So that's something to just like even you know nothing to shake right. it either. It's just one of those things. Um, numbers can be just a perspective thing to keep the positivity in it, you know. Definitely, and the other reason, like, I want to back off talking about numbers sometimes mm-hmm. too is like. I don't want the people that do stream it to feel like I don't appreciate them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Maybe Cherry Tree only has like 250 plays right now, but that's probably, that's not 250 people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Thankfully. Because if it was 250 people, that means nobody ran it back. True. So to that's true. Yeah. That to, <laughs> I would that's rather true. it be five people and have 250 streams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Than yeah. 250 people. Um, so I'm just, I'm super appreciative of everybody that's supporting right now. Um, and it's just a, uh, it's just the science of figuring out how to expand that pool. But uh, you know, we have a Discord for you guys should join. By the way, we have a Discord server for uh, my like supporters and fans, and we kind of like chop it up about just like music, video games, current events. Like I'll send links oh, yeah. in there once in a while if I need some help. But it's you know it's I super- gotta get on Discord. I have heard so many things about it, like different music forums, just all different things. I mean, Discord's everything, right? So I mean, yeah, it yeah. seems like some. I've been I've been reluctant. I've, it's been brought up to me a bunch, so I feel like I was reluctant as, as well. But I needed somewhere to put these people, like the yeah. ten or fifteen that want to be active. Like I needed somewhere to put them, you know. Okay. So, so ball if I want servers. 
Oh. Golf I Want has eighteen, almost eighteen thousand. That one's doing right now. Well. That, that's one of the ones yeah. that tickled the algorithm a little bit. So yeah, that's one of the ones you released this year. Heart Candies is over a thousand now. Mm-hmm. Rodeo Tony. I mean, they're going up. They're definitely going up. Yeah, and it's dope to see that. You know, um, I'm hoping like. I don't know what I'm hoping for. I guess as long as the songs are good, then we're putting our time where it should be. But as long as you're happy with them. Yeah. I'm oh, I'm always happy with the songs, you know. I, yeah. I have toned down my like perfectionism because if I was, you know, doing my Kanye thing, like we wouldn't be able to drop every two weeks. But yeah. I've lowered my expectation to like every song needs to be eighty five percent of what I feel it could be. Um and that's when I pull the trigger. Right. Because otherwise you'll never pull the trigger. That's a good rule. Right. Exactly. We, we've talked about that before. How like sometimes you just gotta let it go. Yeah, you have to because it you know what they say is like if you work to that 85% level, um, you're releasing a lot of stuff and eventually your idea of 85% is better than somebody that's stuck on being a perfectionist anyway. Yeah, mm. you're right. Because of the practice. Absolutely. Yeah. We got uh, Knox Beats came on here. I don't know if you're familiar. He's in New Hampshire right now. He's originally from Weymouth. Um, And he he has songs that have been Grammy nominated and he doesn't like them. Uh, Or or not that he doesn't (laughs) like them. He doesn't like the mixes. Uh, He's talked about how it's just like not the same. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's just like interesting when he's like, oh, yeah, my preamp was all off. And it's just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) No, we've had other artists who like they'll put out songs and they'll They'll be like, oh, this is the hottest shit I put out. You know, they'll promote the hell out of it. And then two months later, they'll be like, oh, I hate that song. Like, listen to the next one. Like, it's it's yeah. kind of funny. People well, get so, over it fast. I think uh, for a lot of artists that are, like, very, uh, their identity is invested in the music, which I think mine is to a degree, even yeah. though I've tried to create some separation. But um, you don't want to feel like you are one song. Right. Like you don't feel like that you. So if it goes too big, it's almost like an adverse effect. But you got to be able to detach. You know what I'm saying? And just be like, hey, that's what uh, Spose talks about. That who we mentioned I'm earlier. A perfect example because that's yeah, I'm awesome. Mystic man. Yeah, that song went bananas. But then he had he kind of has a love hate relationship with it because it makes people. It kind of painted him as a parody rapper, and he has so much other great stuff. So it's like you don't want one song to define you. He got yeah, he got signed off of that song. I think it was universal. He got signed and they wanted him to do that again. Right. And then he song pop song. It was like, I feel, you know, it was, yeah, that's what he talked about in pop song. Yeah. Right. It's Uh, interesting. Yeah. You definitely don't want one song to define you. If you're, if you're a true artist and especially like you said, like you're always working on projects and trying to, you know, you want the whole project to speak for itself. You don't want one song to define who you are as an artist. Yeah, definitely. Well, I will say too though, like if you're somebody who's detached enough from their from their ego that yeah it doesn't bother you to to be the guy that made X song, good for yeah. you, dude. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> awesome. Like that's dope. Like get paid, you know, and don't it, it doesn't bother you, that's good. It's never good to be bothered, but um it's just, you know, it's a common perspective to not want to be boiled down to that track. Right. Well, some people don't even get boiled down to any track, so it's, it's right <laughs> some people don't get boiled at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people never get in the studio. Yeah, they exactly. just talk about it. Exactly. Right. Talk about it. Um. 
So I I just want to say I'm putting it out there, and I'm not I'm not trying to stir the pot. I just want to put this out there. I'm Uh-oh. not trying to stir the pot. This is me not just speaking facts. Yeah, my, um, my lack of media training is going to kick in. Here we go. I think I think <laughs> uh, yeah. I just want to emphasize this isn't me stirring anything up, but I think mm. that you're the next king of Maine. Spose is oh no. Groaned. Stop. <laughs> let me let me tell you what we love. We love Spose. We've had him on the podcast. No, I Spose is the dude. I, I love Spose. Like all I'm gonna say is, um, Spose has done astounding things in terms of being a successful artist on his own terms. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. things he's done like are insane. Like he stayed in Maine. He's still in Maine. He stayed in Maine. Streams crazy. He has a raised a raised a family of four kids off of his money from he, yeah, that he made bro, from music. I don't know. If, like, I don't know how much time you guys have spent in Maine, but you can go like. I mean, I don't live anywhere near Spos. I'm like three hours from him. He's in Wells, my right? High school loves Spos, dog. Yeah. Like, like there was a I there was a kid I grew up with that was just like, yeah, man, Spos is my favorite rapper. Like it was, you yeah. Know like it's and that impact is like you can't match that. So, I I think he was the first for Maine to really do it, like on a on a right. large scale. Well, I know of at least. I mean, and the yeah. and more important or not more importantly, but uh remarkably like the one that repped us the hardest like it never left his identity you know what i'm saying he actually just uh, leaned into it so absolutely i think any success that um i have is at least informed by his career so yeah that was he a paved the way answer he yeah. paved the way that was a political answer that was yeah. i could not tell yeah. that you don't have media training <laughs> yeah no, yeah. no i mean it, it definitely it, when i was a kid because Every kid that grows up on rappers that brag wants yeah. to be the best. Like there was definitely yeah. an element of like, I'm gonna be the best rapper in Maine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. Now it's like, do I want to be the best? Like, yeah, everyone does, but it's just not something that I try to like fixate on. You know? Right. That Absolutely. That is what solidifies to me that you're the supreme king of Maine. Um, I so, just so humble. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy, dog. Oh my yeah. God. But does he have Susan Collins giving everyone brain now? that's a king of main lyric no i love that song i've I've played that song plenty of times i'm sure i'm sure that's like an anthem in maine i'm sure that's that gets a lot of play up there it's dope dude i love that beat too i think that's a goddamn cham beat i don't know how familiar you guys are with him yeah yeah i know about him i love his style he's crazy there's a lot of talent up in maine shane rise too um jay spin yep yep Plenty of plenty of crazy dudes, especially down there. Yeah. So, definitely uh, excited to see your name getting into the mix now. And now you're in New York, so you're uh, you're taking it to, taking it across the states or out of New England at least. What's nice about it too is I I'm not any farther uh, from the main scene than I was originally because not geographically, but I'm just saying like these cats never knew me in real life anyway because I lived two and a half hours from them. Right. Okay. So moving to brooklyn has not like pulled up my roots too yeah that's a good point that's a good point you're still right there still northeast Mm -hmm. so have you linked up with anybody in new york um yet or how long have you been there so i've been here since uh the top of december is when i moved in oh okay um i've definitely like i'm still kind of meeting people you know like i've linked up with a lot of the cats that i already knew um Mm. i haven't done a ton of I haven't really set up with new people much yet. Um, yeah, you got to get settled. It's only been like a couple months, so. Right, but there's definitely been people I've met 
um, just out and about that I'm like, oh, we should work on something. Like, there's been plenty of that. It just hasn't, like, quite fallen into place for the most part yet. But I do plenty of stuff with Soto. I've done some stuff with B. Um, I've done some stuff with Mark Mathias, super dope producer who uh, lives in the area. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's been tight. I just – people keep asking me how much I like New York, and I just tell them, like, the verdict is out because I do like it. But I am going to know exactly how much I like it when I have more of an ingrained, like, network because I came yeah. down to have that, you know? Yeah. So when I see – when the networking thing is really, like, bearing its fruits, I think I'll be able to evaluate and say I'm going back to Maine or I'm moving to L.A. and how yeah. many years, you know? So – you worked with B all right from me. Yeah. Isn't yeah. he in New York now too? Yep. He, uh, it's like a 20 minute walk to his crib. So okay. I'm he lives with Soto who mixes all my songs. So oh, I was tweeting the other day. I was like, yo, I got this joint feeling American. It's the name of the song. I was like, this thing is insane. Like it's like one of the best ones I've put out. I saw and, you tweeted that you were like feeling American is the one. And, and B quoted it. And he was like, well, it sounds great from what I've heard through the wall. Cause he lives in his bedrooms right next to Soto mixing the That's song. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that was dope. So you got a main connection out there in New York. That's good. Yeah, we got a little like transplant camp. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Love that. So uh, do you have any merch? Can we find uh, your oh, yeah. website? Need merch. I don't really have merch up right now. The last merch I did was. I need a whale machine t-shirt. That's what I need. Dude, that would be dope. That would be sick. Album artwork with that, looks like you could. The album artwork for the Whale Machine. I, I love that. Yeah, I got the Whale Machine album art up there on the wall. Yeah, I love that. I, I would made that rock a shirt with that. That's that, awesome. That's a collage. That I what is the? Uh, what was the inspiration behind that Whale Machine? Uh, the name was because Jimmy had a an like a synth that he would turn the knobs and make noises that kind of sound like whales. And so, and, and so we would be in sessions before we like made it like a band and I'd be like, pull out the whale machine just cause we That's thought it awesome. was funny. But then after a while we were like, we were like, Oh, let's call the album whale machine. If we ever do an album kind of just like for fun. And then it yeah. organic. That's the name of the band. Yeah. You know? So you drew that. No, I made that with here. I'll pull the, the outline down real quick. Is but it like tissue made, paper um, and such? Yeah, it was like the blue here is fabric, and then I cut yeah. out. There's like an aux cord here for the gun on the whale, and I like oh, nice. made it on like my air hockey table at my parents' crib. That's sick. Like the, the the white like wet piece of uh, paper for the whale is like balanced on like a solo cup, so there's like elevation. If you look at it on streaming, you can see it's like a shadow. It's kind of three dimensional. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I dabble a little bit in like visual art stuff. I'm definitely not like quote unquote good, but it's it's nice to be able to get my own ideas off and not. That's dope though. To be able to be hands on with your album artwork is yes. pretty cool. Because yeah, a lot of people for, are not. For somebody for somebody as concept oriented as me, it's kind of like essential. I think. Yeah. To at least yeah. be able to draft. Dollar idea. Um, every show you do, while you're selling merch, uh, at your merch table, also have an original piece of art that you've done and have mm. it signed so that like whoever happens to buy it at that show has a priceless piece of art by you. Bro, you're kind of spitting right now. <laughs> I'm going to cut this out. Every show I had a framed collage and then I signed it with the, with the show date and then my name. Yeah. Okay. That's, Guala. That's Guala right there. That is saying. Yeah. I think, and you can probably like increase that price every show. So it's like get it now because it's going up fifty. <laughs> the last show was show. yesterday's prices to not 
10 A's. Prime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me tell you. Every time. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So anyone who wants to steal that idea, you got to give me 5%. You get it. Yeah. That's all yours. But anyone else after this is 5%. This is not the first time that Owen's pitched a great idea to an artist and they're like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, I think I'm you got to start. That's yeah. <laughs> He's got an TV idea and then I'm going to owe him money. <laughs> uh, so well, uh, what do we got next? Do you have like any features in the pipeline we can expect or is this all you for a while? Yeah, so the joint with Ben's been dead. Uh, that's I'm doing, so pumped for that. That's doing American, that's the crazy one. Um, that one, we're like I kind of said, we're calling some audibles with the release schedule, but it is coming really soon. I'll just say that. For so that is that the next one, the next single. We're calling some audibles with the release schedule, but it's coming really soon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. in the next few weeks. Yeah, it'll you'll hear it um, within the next month. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, I guess I could safely say that. Yeah, you'll hear Okay. All right. We'll be safe. Uh I don't want to like I'm so pumped for that one. Release date here, but it's it's coming super soon. Um All right. and then that's that's gonna be really nuts. I think we're gonna try to as best we can make that feel like an event, even though it's the sixth entry, maybe seventh entry in a series. Yeah. You know? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how well we can do that with the, the I'm gonna promote the shit out of that one because Thank I'm a big fan of both of you. Appreciate it. Thank you. We're going to do our best to maybe try to get a bunch of pre-saves or something so it has a little bit of juice uh, off the rip. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, yeah, the maybe... pre-save thing is big. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that, like, artists, that's such a big thing for pre-save, like, to have people pre-save your song because it, then when it's released, it's already got a few... I don't know. I, I don't know. How does that work? It's like very important to pre-save is what I, I've heard. I can give recently. you my perspective because okay. I've been doing on this for a minute. Um, All right. So uh, originally, my understanding was like, yeah, the pre-saves is just good because more people have it on their home screen when they pull it up on release day. So they just hear it more. Right. But it, it's That's really not why. Like, is that true? Yeah. But I I think we just don't, as regular people that are not, super involved with like the back end of how these apps work we don't think about the fact that the app is designed to accurately evaluate how good something is and how it's mostly how effective it is at keeping you yeah. on the app so that yeah. more you're listening for longer so spotify is like creating this black box algorithm nobody knows how it works to evaluate like if this song is what's keeping you on spotify of course they're going to factor in like do they have active fans? Right, so they probably, right. Probably afford value to a pre-save. They afford right. value to if yeah. you don't. When Drake drops a single, like millions of people pre-save it, so they're like, okay, right. this is drawing people into That's the app. He's like, like at the top of the discover list anytime. Right, exactly. And everybody makes it past thirty seconds probably because they want to see if the joint's actually good yeah. or right. what, what hidden features on it. You know what I'm saying? So right. every metric that you can think of that might indicate to Spotify that the song's got like it, I feel like they probably factor into their algorithm somehow. They just might that make sense. You know? That's, That's my new kind of thing. You have to prove to them that you have a following, basically. Right. And even if you don't have a following, like your song could still go, but it's just, I feel like the skip rate has to be fantastic. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone who hears True. the song likes it because that small. Everyone who hears it listens for the full three minutes or whatever. Right. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. Do you get those metrics? As do I artist? what? Do they, do they tell you like how, like when people skip? on average on your song i don't think they tell you nothing like that because i i don't think they necessarily want you thinking that hard you know mm. i don't know if they want you to be like oh well i need to make 
seconds 20 to 30 of the song much better. I don't you know, know if I want I, artists thinking that hard. No, I, I yeah, you can't, you <laughs> couldn't pay me to operate that way. I'm pretty sure YouTube tells you. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I haven't seen it on Spotify for artists, but I try not to stare at numbers all day anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. That's smart. It is what it is. You just got to keep going regardless. So, for sure. And the comforting part, like conversely, about what I was just saying about the algorithms, probably more detailed than we can grasp because it's smarter people than me writing it, um, is that they're probably doing such a good job of writing this complicated ass code that a good song does have a better chance, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, as long as you make good songs, if they're accurately evaluating, bing bong. Like it's you know it's fairly bing bong. Bing bong. You're definitely a New York guy. Right? Yeah, the New York's coming out of you, <laughs> no, I, dude. I don't think they like <laughs> bing bong here. I don't think they like bing bong here, dog. No, they, they were, they were probably, probably tired of it before now. everything else. Yeah, yeah. You just bleep really? out bing bong. You're like, what do you say? No, because <laughs> Nems has been saying that for years, and now everyone's saying right. it. Well, dude, that like peaked right before I moved here. Yeah. So everyone was like, oh, JR's moving to New York, bing bong. And I was like, man, this is not, they're going to hate me when I get there, dog. Yeah. Hey, yo. So you're still, uh, you're still a Boston, are you a Boston sports fan? Because yeah. you grew up in Maine? I, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not like, um, the only sport that I attempt to watch every game is soccer. I'm a Liverpool fan. Okay. Um, and then the next thing after that is I like the Celtics, but I will, you know, I have to admit when they were not doing so hot, I was not turning the games on because I'm but just right now though. Right now they're fun. Yeah, now you know I'll turn the fourth quarter on. Much, of course, much it's getting more interesting. Right, you know? yeah. yeah, exactly. So Robert Williams looks great. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, he does. I love, I love him. I love. That. I love the way they're playing right now. It's gonna be a fun. Uh, a fun spring, I think. Definitely, yeah. So I'm gonna try to be a little bit better of a of a Celtics fan. I think um, that's all we can ask for. Baseball, I'm not really tapped in. Football, yeah. I'm not really tapped in but oh well me neither if yeah. i was if i was i'd absolutely be a red sox fan i'll say that mm. you gotta love the red sox if you grew up in yeah. new england i mean yeah of yeah. course i feel like you just by default yeah gotta be a red sox fan even if you don't know who's on the yeah. batting lineup or right who right. starts or who pitches i feel like you gotta at least know whether they're doing well or whether they're sucking so you I can just no like right now. <laughs> well, they're not playing right now. Well, I know, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I <laughs> no, I know what happened last season. Like, yeah, every season yeah, they're like, season. "Oh, the Sox are looking good this year," and then like halfway through, it's like they're super know. unpredictable. Yeah, the last few years, like, yeah. like they either suck or they're really good. You never know what you're gonna get. But uh, this has been good though. Yeah, man, this is tight. Yeah, you guys do a good job with this stuff. No, we appreciate you coming yeah. on. We'll get you I on feel like uh, next time. I feel like I caught you early. I feel like you're gonna. I feel like you're gonna be big. Thank you. I, I would. I'd like to think so, but we'll have to see what happens for the next year or two. I can guarantee yeah. you'll get bigger. It's just no. Yeah, time. you'll definitely There's get no bigger. No telling how fast. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which that's but fine. No, with I, you, I guess. I'm me. happy we caught you when you when we did because I feel like you're you're just hitting your stride. Like there's a lot to come. A lot of good stuff to come. Thank you. I We're excited. That. So. Yeah, this yeah, is tight for coming on. Uh, we got J. Uh, hold on, what is your social media? Is it just JR Spec everywhere? Yeah, so uh, Instagram is at JR Specs. Uh, it's JR S P E C S. There's no K involved. Um, Snapchat is at JR Specs. Uh, on Twitter, it's JR Specs underscore because of that yeah, goddamn yeah. Jeremy Specter who tweets about fantasy baseball that won't give me his ad. Ah, oh, Jeremy Specter, come on. Uh, I, I probably hit him. 
I probably hit him once or twice a year. And I'm like, bro, just give me the at. Um, is he like well known? Who is I got guy? scammed out of 50 bucks trying to buy the at one time. Really? How'd yeah, you get some scammed? Dude, some dude like saw my tweet and then pretended to be him on Facebook and got $50 out of it. That's crazy. It was this dude. Cool. This dude has 124 followers. And is oh, yeah, he's dying on that hill, bro. He, you, know, yeah. you know what he told me? No, we're ending it with this. I don't like this guy. I said... First of all, he's from Miami of Canada. I did not know that was a place. <laughs> no, but I was like, bro, let me get this at, like, I'll pay you, whatever. And he replies and goes, JR Specs, maybe just pick a different rap gimmick, like JR Fedora. I was like... Pfft. It's a crazy bar, dog. All right, fuck this guy. We don't, we don't like this. No, I respected the ether. That was cool. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, like what the balls on this guy? <laughs> Man, it's so, it's Miami, so funny. Canada? He's probably yeah, good Miami dude. of he Canada. Doesn't want to give me his username. His location know? says Miami of Canada. Yeah, is it hot or is it cold? Like, look, come on, make up your mind. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Oh, man. Asking. And his pin tweet is from 2015. This guy's just living in the past. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, it's tied back. Twitter's JR Specs underscore. Insta's JR Specs. Snapchat's JR Specs. Uh, Spotify's JR Specs. Everything's JR Specs, I guess. Other than Twitter. That's good. Yeah. JR Specs. You'll come up, I'm sure, um, if people search JR Specs. So we got JR Specs. Yeah, you definitely come up on Google before the this guy. <laughs> Whatever his name is, Jeremy Specter. Yeah. So we're looking for uh, the first and fifteenth of every month. I love that. Next show, we're gonna get some original artwork from you. Yes, I'm excited. I'm gonna build it into the plan. Hell yeah! Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you, man. Jr. Specs. Boston's big podcast. We out.